Hi, I'm Patricia Marshall Harris, the host of Dishing with Patricia. May is designated as Mental Health Awareness Month. I've decided to focus on the growing crises called mental health. Welcome back to Dishing with Patricia. My special guest today is Anne Coley. Anne is the owner of A.L. Coley and Associates. Anne Welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here today. Thank you for having me on. No, I thank you. Ann and I have been talking about the mental health series that um, we're undertaking with Dishing with Patricia. But let's get started. I want to know your story. Tell me, how did you start this? Oh, I'm going to give it to you in a nutshell because that's what I want. Um, So after being in corporate for about 15 years at the age of 33, I was not happy anymore. And I asked God, what was my purpose in life? And so I left corporate um, with a nice package and (laughs) decided to open up my own practice. Um, I started out really doing diversity, equity, and inclusion and anti-racism trainings, and then was pushed (laughs) uh, into knowing that counseling was my gift. And so I went back to school and uh, finished up that training and then opened up and began this journey and that's where you find me here today. I started out solo in 2012 and then in 2020 opened up to hiring additional therapists and so now we have a thriving group practice. How do you go about picking those people? So first it was important to me that I hired people who I call who are culturally uh, responsive, yes, culturally um, trained um, to deal with most of the people who will come to us, which are black and brown people. Right. Uh, unfortunately, we only make up about 5% of therapists. And before, as you know, before COVID, mental health really had a real stigma yes. um, in the black and brown community. And so it was important to me to hire people who could relate, right. um, who were trained well, Um, and who really bought into the vision of really helping the people in the community that needed the most. So since COVID happened, we know Mm. that there's a lot of mental issues. I'm always quoting that it's one in 10 globally, Mm -hmm. and in the U.S. it's one in four. Mm -hmm. Has that increased now? Are black and brown people realizing that it is okay to get some help? Yes. I'll tell you, we don't have enough therapists. Um, And if you actually start calling around, because one of the things that happens is that black and brown people want to go to black and brown people because of the relatability that they believe that we have. And so if you try and find a therapist who's black and brown, they have long waiting lists because people are calling because they understand the need. But let's be clear that I want to uh, break down the misperception around mental illness versus mental wellness challenges. Okay. When I think of mental illness, I'm really thinking about things like uh, bipolar, schizophrenic. That is less than 3% of the population. Correct. And those individuals are not usually the individuals that show up in most therapeutic settings, all right? Most people who show up in most therapeutic sessions are just regular people like you and me who might be having challenges in their lives, such as anxiety or stress 
as you know, racism, microaggressions produces trauma. Right. And black and brown people have been traumatized. And so when you say that one in 10, I would say that everyone has been traumatized. Yes. <laughs> everyone has some level of trauma in their lives. Now we deal with it differently, depending upon the environment that you have and the support groups that you have. But I say everyone should go to a therapist. Just like you have an MD on your Rolodex and you see them once a year, you should have a therapist as well. Not necessarily that you have to see them all the time, but maybe you start out with them for a particular problem and then you just see them once a, a, a year. Like a mental checkup. Absolutely. I think that's great. No, that's yeah, no, that's important. I think so too. Absolutely. So, what type of counseling is your specialty? We see as young as eleven to geriatric. Um, we work with couples. We work with uh, individuals. We are LGBTQI um, uh, affirmative. Yes. So we work with. Uh, the, all populations. We have a Caribbean Latina on, on uh, staff, so she speaks Spanish, so we can see those persons where English may not be their first language, right. and they want to come see somebody who speaks Spanish. Our therapists range from about in their 30s to up in the 60s. So we can see anyone, and we do. We have, we might start with one person, so I think about, uh, I started with a young lady, and she referred her mother, and her sister, and her cousins and friends. So we end up seeing whole families um, by the various therapists who are on staff. Wow, mm -hmm. that's, a, that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. My previous guest, um, Dr. Rich Snyder, was telling me about um, that they're now closing that gap mm -hmm. by allowing doing more tele-medicine. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so is that something that you offer? And what do you think about that? Before COVID, I would say no. Telehealth, what? how could I do telehealth? Yes. However, COVID happened and yes. that was the only thing that we could do. And right. it actually still works. People are still able to connect with a therapist. People are still able to get the types of uh, care and safe space that they need. And right. so it's actually works. So now we do a hybrid. Um, there are people who are never gonna come into the office. They, it's convenient, they like flipping up. It's like, unfortunately, church, right? People stop going <laughs> to church, they now watch it and stream it. Um, so you're always gonna have a contingency of people who uh, are going to do telehealth. And then we have an office for those who want to come in. Yeah, you had that vision of that you see on television. You go in the <laughs> office and you're stretched out on a chase lounge <laughs> and you're getting your counseling. So that is very convenient because yes. of the stigma. People don't want to be seen. They don't want to run into other people. Mm -hmm. If I called your office yes. and said, I need some help. Yes, we would do an intake, ask a few questions as to what you were dealing with, and then I would, or someone would put you with the appropriate therapist on staff. We can usually get you in once you've done the paperwork within three to five days. So who does the initial interview that um, then it's determined who would best you're best suited with? So it's either myself um, or our clinical supervisor, George Timbers. That's good, mm -hmm. that's great. Um, the reason why I've chosen to um, deal with mental health is because it has affected our family. Mm -hmm. And I now have a new respect for people that are dealing with um, mental issues as a caretaker and as a loved one of someone. It's, um, it's mm -hmm. one of our relatives and mm -hmm. it is, it's devastating. Mm -hmm. It can be, but if you get 
assistance and you get help, um, it, we are able to help you walk along that journey a little easier. Yes. Right. And it's important that we do that. It's important that we break down the stigma because there's nothing wrong. Everybody in their life at some point has a mental challenge, okay. whether it's stress, whether it's feelings of overwhelmness, whether it's feeling inadequate as a parent, whether it's relationship issues, we all go through, but typically what would happen is you talk to your brother or your sister, you talk to your friends, and sometimes they give you good information, <laughs> but most of the time, <laughs> not so much. Um, and so now you have the ability to talk to trained persons who are objective, yes, yes. because that's the most important part, is objective to be able to help you identify root causes that you may not even be familiar with. Wow. So as a caretaker or as a family member, mm -hmm. do you think it's important for them to also to seek therapy while they're trying to help their loved one? Absolutely. I have several clients who's, who are dealing with parents who have Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. It's a very difficult disease and it can be very challenging um, with the decline as you see your parent going through that decline. But also trying to make the decisions around, do I put them in a living facility? Do I keep them at home? The challenges of having people to care for them, feeling guilty. Um, one of the things that I work with one of my clients is sometimes she feels guilty about having to put her mother in a home. But sometimes that is the most uh, safe right. and the best decision is to put your person in a space where they can be cared for 24 hours, but dealing with what the emotional impact of, of that is. So absolutely. So at what point do you feel as if, I mean, it's your loved one, mm -hmm. that it's too much for you? Mm -hmm. So when it begins to impact your own mental health, when it begins to become overwhelming for you, that is the time. Right. I believe that at the end of the day, right, that you shouldn't die and you shouldn't become overwhelmed by caring for someone. What about the insurance companies? Do they cover having mental health sessions? I know that they are, you know, I charge two hundred dollars mm -hmm. and they want to give me 50. Mm -hmm. So what is going on with that? So it really depends. It's insurance by insurance. There is no standard. I will say this, that since COVID and because mental health has become a spotlight, yes. they have increased what they reimburse us, but it's still not enough. It's no, still does not afford the individual to sometimes make a decent living. Um, and so we end up you know, having to see a lot of clients. But then on the client side, it, de it really depends on who they work for, um, will depend upon what they get. Some people have no co-pays and deductibles. Some people have high co-pays and deductibles. So what would be wonderful is if insurance companies could really understand and really think about what the reimbursement rates are for therapists, and two, really making it that there's no copay. You say, well, Somebody could be able to afford $30 or $40, but they may not be able to. Right. Inflation is high. People are dealing with a lot financially. And so if you just take that copay and that deductible off the table for mental health, I think it will remove some of the barriers that people have into coming to therapy as well. Right. And then look at it as a specialty. 
that you're paying. If I went to a surgeon, you pay more. Absolutely. Things and look at it that way. Now, I know that the word trauma, I've mm -hmm. been hearing trauma a mm -hmm. lot. Tell us what is trauma? Well, in a nutshell, trauma is any event that a person has that creates an emotional or mental distress. Now, what's traumatic for you may not be traumatic for me. So it really depends. So let me give you some examples. I had a client who had a car accident, a really, really bad car accident, and he was traumatized by it. And so he came to therapy to deal with it to the point where he didn't want to drive. I've had several of those, right? Now you may have that car accident and it might not impact you in that way. So anyone, and I say everyone, has had a traumatic impact in their lives, an event. And they may not always realize how it's impacted them. Let me give you another example. I had a client who came in and she came in because she felt a little disoriented. She wasn't sure what was going on. And she was had a lot of anxiety, right? And what it boiled down to was, is that when she was in high school, she had housing instability. That was traumatizing to her. She didn't realize it. The other thing is, is that she was undiagnosed ADHD. When we realized that, that it was like she, it was like a light bulb because now she could explain some of the decisions that she had made. She, it explained some of the thoughts she had. It explained her anxiety right. around her job and not wanting to lose her job and staying in toxic environments. And once we work through that, my God, she's a different person. That's wonderful. So yes, so trauma, I tell people, everyone has a traumatic event. And so we just need to find out what it is, right. work through it, so that you can be your best self. And go move on and, and have a good life. And go move on and have a good life. Um, now we know that there's a huge population of Americans and folks around the world aging. Yes. How are people dealing with aging? They're not so happy about it. Uh, myself, mm -hmm. I won't tell my, you know, I'm in my <laughs> 60s. I have arthritis in my right hip. Mm -hmm. I don't get up as fast. Mm -hmm. My hair is thinning. Mm -hmm. I don't like my laugh lines. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of different things that's stressing me out, but mm -hmm. I'm dealing with it mm -hmm. because that's who I am. But mm -hmm. how are, a lot of people are not dealing with aging. Yes. So first, let me say that I believe that a lot of people are not dealing with aging because of where we live. And that is, is that everything on the TV tells you you're supposed to look young and spry and go buy this cream and go buy that cream. But there is something about aging, right? Yes. There's something that shows that I am, I am older, I've experienced. And so I think that if we could get away from trying to be a particular way, look a particular way, feel a particular way, and understand that this is just how life goes. 
but how can you also offset some of the aging? We have to watch what we eat. So I really appreciate that you have this cooking show, really showing people how to cook well, right? So watching what we put into our systems, right? You have to work out because we're mind, body, and spirit. So it's not just about making sure your mind is right, but it's also making sure that you're moving. Go take a walk every day, get on your bike. I'm telling my dad all the time, he's like, oh, I don't feel, I'm like, dad, get on your bike and ride for 15 minutes. It doesn't take a lot. 15 minutes every day to keep the joints moving. That will help. Correct. Well, part of Dishing with Patricia, we believe that food is medicine. Mm -hmm. And what you've just said is what I tell people all the time, that when you invest in your body, that means exercise and mm -hmm. diet, mm -hmm. this is um, a deposit yes. that you're going to reap when yes. you get older. You're starting good habits as yes. a young person, but even as an older person, you're never too old to change. Absolutely. Because that is the key to life, is constantly changing mm -hmm. and adapting mm -hmm. to what is going on. Mm -hmm. But just to say that, mm -hmm. um, I've made a strawberry lemonade. Mm. This is what we have right here. Okay. And I try to tell people, because we know a lot of drinks that we have, have a lot of sugar, mm -hmm. a lot of sugar. Mm -hmm. And not all the, everything that you drink has to be so sweet. Correct. You just want to have some flavor mm -hmm. in it. And the options of summer is here. Mm -hmm. We have fresh fruits. I believe in buying local because then that mm. determines the footprint yes. where your food has been purchased. Yes. Also, you're assisting in the local economy. Yes. So I agree with you wholeheartedly. But, but what about the anxiety mm. that people are having yes. with that aging. Yes. Um, now we recognize that um, the onset of dementia is happening. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. how do we how do we know the signs that somebody's in trouble? As you get older, you forget. I mean, I go upstairs and I'm like, why did I go upstairs? <laughs> yeah. So that's a natural part yes. that we just, especially when there's a lot going on. But when it becomes an issue, is that things like you're forgetting where you are or you're forgetting why you're doing what you're doing or you're losing track of time, right? Then you might go in and see if it's more than just the natural progression of aging, right? And then sometimes what happens is that they become angry for no reason, right? Um, one of the things that um, also is a, an issue is UTIs. And a lot of elderly don't right. realize that UTIs cause yep. issues as well. And so making sure that you're getting plenty of water and if you have issues going and getting the UTI treated. But how do you deal with the anxiety is the question that you ask in addition. Making sure you have a regimen that puts you in a place of zen, right? One of the things that I'm telling people all the time is deep breathe. Okay. Right? In through your nose, out through your mouth, through a count of six. Deep breathing should be an essential part of everybody's life. Why? I believe that if people just took a pause <laughs> when they become upset and just to deep breathe, a lot of the things that happen, the road rage, the shootings, the, the cussing people out, all the things that are happening wouldn't happen. If we just take a pause, Go out, find a space and a place that makes you feel well. I love the beach. <laughs> and so when I go away, I took a picture, a video of the ocean. And when I'm feeling a little overwhelmed, I just play the ocean sounds, just to take me back to that space and place, right? 
and finding a group. One of the things that people come in, they're always saying, I thought I was the only one. And I'm like, no, you're not the only one. <laughs> right. Trust me. You're not the only one. No, you're not. <laughs> so find a support group to get involved in. Find people who can be your community, who can help you through that. So those are some ways to deal with the anxiety of aging. But more importantly, just embrace it. That's what it's I say. It's okay. Yeah, embrace, okay. because here's the alternative, not being here. That is so true, that's so true. As we come to a close, we've, we've covered the gamut. We've talked about this, we talked about, what is something that you want my audience to take away? Mm. They're gonna say, I like that, I remember that. She said something that, I, I, so just something to take away with. I think if there's anything that I want people to understand is that it's okay with not being okay. We hide, we put on faces, we pretend and we live at the surface. If you're not okay and someone says to you, how are you today? It's okay to say, I'm not okay. I'm not doing well today. I'm not doing well. And remembering that it's not what's wrong with you, it's what's happened to you. That's good. That's good. Yes. And thank you so much. For thank coming. you for having me on. I've so enjoyed speaking with you.